Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the mini break. Your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, September 23rd. We've got ATP action. We've got WTA action. We even have the Laver Cup this weekend. What does that mean for tennis fans everywhere? It means we've got a jam-packed calendar for all of us to enjoy. Of course, what I want to do for all of you tennis fans today is recap the last 24 hours in the tennis world. It was a fairly steady day for all the seeds in action in our ATP events in China. Only one upset on the day. That, of course, was Andy Murray knocked off in dramatic fashion by Aslan Karatsev. Of course, you also saw Cam Nori return to his winning ways to Thomas Martin Echeverry getting a big win. We'll break all of the Zhuhai action down here on today's show. Of course, over in Chengdu, things got a little dicey for our top two seeds. Ultimately, Alex Virev, Lorenzo Musetti able to advance in three sets. We'll break down the mechanics of each of their victories. Talk about a strong start for Grigor Dimitrov as he continues one of the better campaigns of his career here in 2023. Again, I want to get all all of you listeners up to date on all of that ATP action. Given it was a staggered start, we've got, I believe, quarterfinals tomorrow, championship action early in the week next week. So we'll get you up to date on everything happening in China. I also want to offer some brief thoughts on day one of the Laver Cup. Certainly it's a different event this year. No Federer, no Djokovic, no Nadal, no Murray, the big juice, the big star power that always drew us to that event. It's absent this year. We'll see if the Labor Cup is a strong enough event, if that format is uh, carries enough appeal to be strong in this next era of Labor Cup competition. That said, it was a great day for Team World on day number one, and I thought Ben Shelton's win foreshadowed perhaps a strong finish to his season as he moves to maybe his most ideal surface. We'll break down his victory. All the other wins for Team World on day number one. Get you up to date again on everything happening on the men's side. Of course, on the women's side, we've reached the business end of the week. Championship now set in Guadalajara. The hits just keep coming for Caroline Dalahide. First semifinal, now first final at the tour level. She'll make her top 100 and top 75 debut next week. And, you know, now she gets a win over Sonia Kennan to compete in a 1,000 level final in Guadalajara. We'll break down her victory, talk about Maria Sakari getting the job done, holding seed at the very least in an event where she almost needed to do it. Sakari writes the ship in Guadalajara. We'll preview that 
final breakdown Wang Shiyu's first title at the tour level in her home country. Talk Parma 125K again. I want to set the scene for all of you listeners and what promises to be a busy weekend in the tennis world. For what it's worth, we also have some tennis for all of you fans on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel this weekend, as I've alluded to all week. It's our first broadcast of the 2023-24 college tennis season. We've got four top 40 teams in action yesterday. Michigan, 5-2 winners over Pepperdine. Kentucky, 6-1 over Louisville. They'll swap matchups here today. It'll be Kentucky versus Pepperdine, Louisville versus Michigan. Those matches, 1 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, we'll have our final day of coverage tomorrow. That'll be noon and 4 p.m. Eastern time starts. So if you're looking for the next great college tennis star, perhaps you can find them this weekend. We've got a top 600 player in the world in freshman Edward Winter. When you're that good, that early in your career, certainly you've got a bright future ahead. Winter, a big win yesterday over a top 35 player in college in Michigan's Gavin Young. I really liked what I saw from the Pepperdine freshman. Again, we've got plenty of that. Eli Stevenson, a Kentucky freshman, he got a big win over Natan Rodriguez of Louisville. So we've got talented freshmen. We've just got talented players everywhere. Malibu Showdown matches 1 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern time here on Saturday, 12 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Be sure to join us on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Of course, a shout-out to Westoff, who makes it all happen. A shout-out to you who have already tuned in. And a shout-out to our dear friends at Tennis Point for their support of this podcast, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. All right. I got to go get set for that broadcast, so it will indeed be a mini edition of the mini break. That said, didn't want to leave you all hanging. Here's what's happened over the last 24 hours in the tennis world. Let's start in Zhuhai. Again, pretty straightforward day for our seeds. The only one knocked off in what was our match of the day pretty clearly Aslan Karatsev, 4-6-6-3-6-2 over 7th seeded Andy Murray. Now, it's been an interesting season and just a fascinating three years for Aslan Karatsev. Obviously, comes to all of our main, uh, comes to, excuse me, the tennis world mainstream attention in 2021. His dramatic run as an unseeded player to the semifinals of the Australian Open. He manages to reach a career high of number 14 at the start of 2022 on the back of that 34 and 2021 season. Obviously, last year was a bit of a struggle, and he falls outside the top 80. He goes 18-31 and 31 overall on the season. In terms of first match results, he goes 11-19, and 19, so 19 first match losses throughout the course of 2022. Obviously, your ranking is going to take a dip when that happens. He steadied the ship this season. 27-18 and 18 overall as a qualifier. He reaches the semifinals at that Masters event in Madrid. Has to qualify at Roland Garros, but gets in. Wins a match there. Wins a match at Wimbledon. Third round appearance for him at the U.S. Open. Kartsev's just back in the mix. And in reaching the quarterfinals here this week uh, in Zhuhai, it's his third quarterfinal of the year. Gets him back up to number 56 in the live rankings. Again, a steadying of the ship for the now 30-year-old Conrad Seff. He's in strike zone to play whatever events he wants to play come the 2024 season. And again, as a veteran, I always say that's really all you can ask for. Look, Murray amped up his firepower. I thought he played 
with elite aggression in set number one. I thought Murray showed off as always what he's always been undervalued as is a volleyer because vintage Murray would get a little tentative, would double down on his physicality, rely on that to pull him through tight spots of matches. Obviously can't do that to the same extent anymore. And to see him move forward whenever he got Karatsev on the stretch, whenever he got an outer third slice from Aslan Karatsev, he's getting in behind that ball. He's redirecting forehands, particularly approaching to that Karatsev backhand. Put on a volley clinic in set number one. Takes a 6-4 opening set. But, you know, from there, Karatsev was on the front foot. And there was just a degree of physicality, I thought, from Karatsev that Murray couldn't match. His first serve percentage declined as the match progressed. He ends up at a 56.5 number for the match. Does Murray faced 13 break points, Karatsev breaking five different times. Once Karatsev got the early break in the third, it was over. You could just tell Murray didn't have the legs he needed under him to pull through in that match. Again, it was two hours, 55 minutes. It's a credit to Karatsev, who's got the biggest legs on tour and, you know, again, is not only an elite shot maker, but that first step so quick did pull off a wave of passing shots in set number two to just force Murray to have to think a little bit longer. Murray tried to extend rallies. Karatsev was prepared for that sort of physicality. Again, a really good win for Aslan Karatsev here. Nice quarterfinal run for him to start off this Asian swing. And again, he's knocking on the door of a return to the top 50. That's your one upset on the day in Zhuhai, delivered by the 30-year-old Aslan Karatsev. Disappointing loss for Murray, but Three-set loss, and I don't think he played poorly. I thought Karatsev won the match. Murray didn't lose it, if that makes sense from a tactic perspective. Karatsev was just, he was that aggressive. He was that good. And again, does that speak to Andy Murray's ceiling at this point of his career? Maybe it does, but that ceiling is still top 50 player. And Aslan Karatsev put in a top 30 sort of performance today. Again, he was that good. He's into the quarterfinals in Zhuhai. Uh, of course, next up, he'll face second-seeded Cam Nori. Nori, his best match I've seen in a very long time. Six love, six three over the qualifier. Mark Pullman's for Nori. First quarterfinal for him at the tour level since Queens Club back in June. That said, you do look for... Uh, Cam Nori now. It's his seventh quarterfinal overall on the year. That seven number tied for 10th amongst top 50 players on the ATP tour. So even in a year that's felt like a struggle, he certainly has still sustained a top 20 level. That's a fun match. Nori 2-0 in the career head-to-head. He is a 68.5% favorite according to the Tennis Abstract Singles Forecast. Your other quarterfinals, Nishioka versus Struff. Of course, we saw that set yesterday. Hatchdov McDonald. Hatching off 3 0 in that career head to head. Struf Nishioka, by the way, 1 1 overall. It'll also be Korda versus Echeverry. And look, for Sebastian Korda, he got the win. That's what mattered. Played a really good first set, played an awful second set, had to grind his way through that third, and again, got a gift from Alex Muller, 30-40 on the break point. Muller had an easy high forehand volley. He just yanked it wide. Korda gets the break, holds serve from there. Was it a clean performance? No. Did he get the victory? Yes. Now, obviously, it's going to be a step up. He faces the always tricky Tomas Martin Echeverry, who, you know, the the 21-year-old Srivacina, uh, excuse me, just 
couldn't hurt Echeverry, and Echeverry hits his way through that one. I think Echeverry's like a .85 Kasparu. That's always been my comp for him. Uh, again, that's a fun battle. It's one quarter, should win, 70.6% favorite if he plays his best. He's not playing his best, so that's a very winnable match for Echeverry. Very competitive between those two. Six of your top eight, excuse me, seven of your top eight seeds still alive in Zhuhai and the eighth player is Aslan Karatsev. That is a fun set of quarterfinals for all of us to enjoy tomorrow. We will be back to discuss them, or I suppose late tonight, early tomorrow morning, we will be back tomorrow to discuss that action over in Chengdu. Again, even more straightforward. We'll spend even less time on this. Zirev. Got pushed by Pavel Kotov, and Kotov's a shot maker. When he extends through that forehand, you never quite know where it's going because he plays it so close to his body. He must have played 25 drop shots last night to capitalize on Zverev's defensive return positioning, of course. Zverev tracking down that drop shot better with every passing match. He ultimately just gets the early break of Kotov in the third and pulls away from there. Yeah, there were some service yips in that 4-5 second set service game from Zverev, but he wins the match. He's through to the quarterfinals. Zverev 6-1 in the third. Uh, he extends his lead now to 10 points over Holgaruna. Zverev up to the number seven spot in the points race. Sitting at 10 right now in the rankings, 500 points behind Kasparud. But keep in mind, he has zero to defend down the home stretch of the season. And right now, it looks like he's going to be at the Tour Finals once again. So he's back. There's no denying it. He's going to take on Miamir Kasmanovic, a good straight set win over Quarantine Mute for the serve. That's a physical match. 1-1 is the career head-to-head there. You got a win from Dimitrov, straight sets over Juan Pablo Varias. They traded breaks early in each set, but... Dimitrov is just locked in physically. And you look for Grigor now, 29-18 and 18 overall in the year. It's the most wins he's had since 2017 when he had that 49-19 and 19 tour end, uh, and wins the tour finals run. He also had a 50-win season in 2014. His win percentage, 61.7 this year, is a percent and a half above his career average. It's been a good year for Grigor Dimitrov, the 32-year-old just steadying the ship. You look for him right now, currently sitting at 19 in the live rankings. He's 19 in the points races. Well, yeah, feels about right. He's a top 20 player for sure. Not top 10, but always in the mix. And for Dimitrov, a very winnable match against Chris O'Connell, his quarterfinal opponent. Uh, Musetti survives, and man, Philip Sekulich, uh, excuse me, the Australian, his level the first two sets was breathtaking. He played top 25 tennis, did the qualifier, but could not sustain it in the third. Musetti, six love. The physicality he showed just, he is so fast, so good in the outer thirds. Sekulich was just swinging freely. Sekulich played an outstanding match. For Musetti to escape out of that one, it speaks to why he's risen into the top 25. And Musetti right now, 18 in the live rankings. Not too shabby for a guy who's going to end this season age 21. Uh, Musetti into a quarterfinals. He's got some points to defend down the home stretch of the season. Gets it go- uh, gets his home stretch going in the right sort of fashion this week in Chengdu. He'll face Arthur Rinderkanesh tomorrow. Zverev right now the favorite, 39.6. Dimitrov 24.5. Musetti 11.9. Thompson 10.9 after that. For what it's worth in Zhuhai, Nori is the favorite right now, 21.4%. But it's pretty even across the board. 
Corda 19.4, Struve 14.8, Mackey, Hachinov each in the 13 range. Mackey, by the way, a 50.3% favorite, just slight edge over Hachinov if you're looking for your tennis abstract upset of the day. But that's where things stand in our two tour level events on the men's side. Now, we did have day one of Laver Cup. And I will say Ben Shelton looked real good back on the indoor hardcourt. Shelton knocking out Arthur Fee, 7661. Keep in mind, Ben Shelton's run last summer started on indoor hardcourts. Indianapolis, I believe Charlottesville. If not there, it was Knoxville or Champaign. He wins that US Open, uh, that Australian Open wild, uh, wild card, USTA Australian Open Wild Card Challenge, I believe is what it's called. And I mean, his serve indoors, good luck. Getting a clean look on that. Shelton 6-1 over the talented Arthur Fee. That's a really good win for Ben Shelton. One of his better wins of the season. Always thrives in the team environment. Always thrives in the energy that Laver will always thrive in the energy provided by an event like Laver Cup. That's how you say that. The physicality was on display. His willingness and success win moving forward on display. Again, his first serve at times just untouchable on an indoor hard court. It's a slow hard court too this year in Vancouver, and yet Ben's weapons still excelled. Good showing from Fee. That's, again, one of Ben's better wins of the season. I could see him having a very big home stretch, gathering some points, as obviously he's got to defend that quarterfinal in Australia next year. Good win for Shelton. Good win for Francisco Sarundolo, 3-5 and five over Davidovich Fokina. FAA gets a much-needed win, 4-3 and three over Monfi. And then the doubles is always fantastic in Laver Cup. And Tommy Francis, they put on a show, 10-6 in the third over Fee and Rublev. But notice all of those names. No Djokovic, no Federer, no Nadal, no Zverev, no Tsitsipas. Yes, you do have Rude and Rublev and Fritz, Tiafo, Paul, Shelton, Eubanks, all the Americans. But it's different sort of star power, isn't it, this year? No Alcaraz, no Sinner, no Medvedev. You wonder if in the future those guys might make a return to the event, if the event might make it worth their while to make a return. You feel like at some point we're getting the Alcaraz Laver Cup debut. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. I mean, look, it's still a compelling event. I always love team tennis. I'm always going to talk about team tennis here on this show. That it's not leading the show maybe speaks to the fact you don't have a Roger Federer retirement ceremony this year. It's an interesting event. I love the atmosphere. I love the camaraderie. And you got some pretty good guys, a bunch of top 30 players, right? And look, Felix has a million points to defend over the next two months. He's got to get something going. I thought he looked pretty solid. Again, Monfi couldn't really hurt him. If he can't hurt Felix, he is. that's the, the matchup he wants. We'll keep an eye on it. Team World, four love lead. Uh, you know, again, all the big horses, they're not there for Team Europe this season. So it's a massive opportunity for Team World. We'll keep an eye on that event all week. Of course, we'll keep an eye on the challengers in Columbus elsewhere as well. You look at that Columbus challenger heading into the weekend. Cannon Kingsley, 5-4 and four win over Christian Harrison. He's going to take on Lexi Galarno today. Uh, again, good week for both of those guys. They're about to get texts from me, Ryan Penniston, Dennis Kudla, your other semifinal. So a Buckeye in Columbus, 
a former NC State All-American, an American in Dennis Kudla, and a former Memphis standout in Ryan Peniston. You got college tennis ties and Americans everywhere in Columbus. You know that's our sort of event, of course, for what it's worth. Michael Moe did make the semifinals in St. Tropez, so he's going to keep his top 100 ranking. Forced to retire, though, in his semifinal match. I got to text Cannon. That's actually a reminder to me, text Cannon Kingsley. Um, I will do that before the end of today. I promise all of you listeners will get him on the show to talk about it next week. Um, That's your action on the men's side. On the women's side, I know we've led the show with it all week long, so we can go a little bit quicker through this, and then we'll talk about the final uh, perhaps tomorrow. Look, I said at the start of the week my bold prediction was that Maria Sakari was going to right the ship and make the final. It just felt like her draw had opened up so perfectly for her to do so. And credit to Sakari in a year where she has struggled so mightily in semifinals. She is through to a 1,000 level final in Guadalajara with this result. She's back up to six in the live ranking. She's back up to 10th now in the points race. And should she win the title, she'll be 308 points behind Anjabur. It becomes much more of a race with Linz, Ostrava, a few things left on the calendar. Heck of a week for Maria Sakari, who dominated Caroline Garcia yesterday. 6-3, 6-love. She hasn't dropped the set this week. She was prepared for every first strike Garcia threw at her. And again, she has allowed her physicality to shine through in this particular environment just so well all week long. She's the heavy favorite over Caroline Dalahide. And look, for Dalahide to make her first tour-level final, for the 25-year-old to finish the week now up to a new career high, 42 in the live rankings. Dalahide, Parks, Navarro, Stearns, all top 50 players. I think I predicted three of the four in our preseason thing with Ben. Oh, why did I quit on Sonia Kennan? The first time I quit on Sonia Kennan, she's back in the top 50. I think there are 12 top 10 Americans. Goff, Pagula, Keys. Kennan, Collins, Sloan, Dalahide, Parks, Navarro, Stearns. Ten top 50 Americans right now. Twelve is not outlandish. It's it's ten. It's pretty close. I mean, again, what a week for Caroline Dalahide. Was it the best tennis in her matchup against Sonia Kennan? No, Kennan just kind of ran out of gas, but Kennan, again, back up to 31 in the world. She's done her job these past two weeks. I think Sakari's going to win the title. Again, will pe- to get that second title, to get that monkey off of her back, to win this title, what that would do for her for the record in the live rankings. She's already back up to number six. It would be impossible for her to catch Rybakina, but considering her struggles at the majors this year, that she's now very likely to finish the season top 10. What a, what a hold for Maria Sakari. What a big week for the 28-year-old from Greece. Uh, it, it'll be her versus Di- obviously a massive week for the 25-year-old Dalahide as well. That's your Guadalajara final in Guangzhou. I mean, shout out to Wang Shiyu, the 22-year-old, not only reaching her first tour-level final this year, t- capturing her first tour-level title, now up to number 58 in the live rankings, nine off her career high, but 22 years old, again, in a year for uh, Wang Shiyu, where she had to go play some ITF-level events, just steady the ship, you know, 27 and 22 now overall. I mean, again, she's won... Nine of her last 11 matches overall, the losses being first round to top seed Julin in Osaka and a 100K final loss in three sets to Victoria Gulabich. She's in form, and the lefty just has pop. I mean, Magdalene couldn't hurt her, 
and Wang Shiyu blitzed through everything. It got a little dicey at the start of the second set. Lynette started swinging through some backhands, but she just never had the opportunity to swing through anything because Wang Shiyu constantly had her on the back foot. The power game of the lefty just has a place in the top 50 moving forward, and you could see on her face how much winning this title in her home country meant to her. What a moment. It's moments like that that make sports so enjoyable, right? So again, a credit to Wang Shiyu. She captures her first title. Good run to the final for Lynette. Again, she's got some points still to defend here to end the season and Australian Open semifinals to defend to start next year. Important to get this sort of run, this cache of points under her belt. She does, but the story is Wang Shiyu. Again, ugh, she's got top 50 power. It's real. I expect to hear more from both her and Wang Shiyu in 2024. Shout out to the top seeds in Parma, Shmilova, Bogdan. They're playing in the final as of this recording. It's actually match point and a Bogdan 7-5-5-1 lead. So if Shmilova overcomes that, that might just have to be our lead on tomorrow's show. That said, that's where things stand as we head into Saturday, September 23rd's action. Now a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westa, for the f*** of an ending job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Zhuhai, Chengdu, Lei. Cup, Guadalajara, Parma 125K final, and of course, the Malibu showdown all on tap for this weekend. Join us if you want to watch some fun college action Saturday, Sunday on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. With all of that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.